And I can also see how when emotions and mental health and things like that came up in our house, it was very much swept under the rug. It was shoved down. It wasn't talked about. And so I think right now we have a great opportunity, especially what's happened in our world in the last couple of years, to really help our kids at a younger age understand how to really deal and how to identify their emotions. Welcome to another episode of Happy Brain. My name is Sean Block, and thank you for joining us as we explore the fun side to mental health by digging into those fun hacks and fun tips to make your mental health journey more enjoyable and your brain a little happier. Welcome back to Happy Brain. My name is Sean Block. So excited that you're here today. I'm talking parenting skills with Angie Weber, and she has an amazing site theparenttoolbox.info. And we're going to get into today ways that you can regulate not only your emotions, but help your kids regulate their emotions. And she gives a very cool tip on how you can take action today to help you when these moments get a little, little dicey throughout your day. I am not a parent, but I've got four nephews and nieces. Awesome. Love them. And so I've been the funkle, the fun uncle, seeing them develop and always get to be there and have fun. And the discipline part I can leave for, for the parents, which is kind of a cool thing about being a, an uncle. So stay tuned for this great episode with Angie, and we'll talk to you later on. Enjoy. So thank you so much, Angie, for, for joining us today on Happy Brain. I'm really excited to get the chance to talk to you. And just real quickly, where, what part of the country are you from? And I am in Minnesota. So hopefully right. my accent doesn't come out too much during this podcast, but I can't make any promises. And actually, I hope it does. It gives flavor. <laughs> it, it makes things a little bit more fun. Now, I just wanted to start by, I know that you have a passion for helping busy moms. Can you just give us a quick snapshot of why this is so important and a little bit about your experience in, in getting there. Absolutely. So yes, I am super passionate about helping moms and just overall parents to help break our generational cycles that we've developed through the generations. And so um, through my own healing and kind of mental health journey and things like that, I just learned so many things that were kind of those light bulb moments of like, why do people not know about this? And as I started sharing with more moms about some of these tips that we're going to go over today, they're like, I wish I would have known this. Like, why aren't they teaching us this? Or moms who are empty nesters now saying, I wish that I would have known these types of things because my kids probably think I was the mom that yelled all the time. And so I just know from my personal experience, you know, growing up, I have two wonderful parents. They've been married for over 40 years. They're very supportive, very loving. And I can also see how when emotions and mental health and things like that came up in our house, it was very much swept under the rug. It was shoved down. It wasn't talked about. And that's no blame to them whatsoever because, again, they parented how they were parented and, you know, on these types of subjects. And so I think right now we have a great opportunity, especially what's happened in our world in the last couple of years, to really help our kids at a younger age understand how to really deal and how to identify their emotions 
versus telling them, well, don't be scared about that. There's nothing to be scared about. Don't cry about that. You shouldn't be upset because that unintentionally what that's teaching them is let's not trust our body, our intuition and our different cues that our body's giving us for these types of things. And let's just kind of stuff it down. And unfortunately, that can lead to some bad coping mechanisms in the future. It can lead to mental health issues. Um, so as much as I love teaching parents how to help their children understand this, I also am very passionate about telling parents like, but it also needs to start with you because kids are sponges. And maybe you've seen this with like your nieces and nephews, but they probably do some stuff that your siblings do. And your siblings probably get upset of like, why did you say that? Where would you ever think of doing that? But if we can take a pause and be like, oh, wait, they're seeing what we're doing and modeling what we're doing. So, yeah, yeah I'm I very one, passionate. I, I have one question for you, and this, is, this yeah. is a personal question, but I know you mentioned showing emotions, how important that is. So when I was younger, you know, I remember there was an incident, you know, your, my, my parents got divorced young and everything like that. And so I was the kid. Everything was fine. You know, there's no problems. You know, everything is fine. I just kind of, you know, kind of held that in. And I, mm -hmm. I don't think I had that experience expression of emotion. So what does that do to a nine-year-old or whatever age kid that doesn't express their, their anger or their whatever emotion they're having? I mean, it can go off in totally different directions. So for like a nine-year-old, you know, I don't know how you were like or how maybe you expressed some of those emotions when they did come up. You could have been super shut off. You could have been very overbounded throughout the rest of your life. And, you know, this can show up a lot when we're teenagers. The choices that we make can show up when we're in our adulthood based on how we react at things at work, how we react in things in relationships. Um, like, for example, my husband was very much like that. Like, he grew up with his grandparents. Um, his dad wasn't really a part of his life for a long time. It, there was lots of different circumstances. And now I can see as his wife of how him shoving those things down and really numbing out has affected our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so you might see though nine-year-olds too that are really showing a lot of aggression because that's the only way their body knows. Like we need to understand that there's no manual when we get born or when we have kids of like, this is how to teach them how to do this. And so they, they don't understand how to express it. So they're just doing whatever they can do to try get that aggression out for example and so it's not saying that your child is going to turn into this horrible person if you don't talk about emotions all the time however it can lead to some maybe destructive behavior or just really what i like to call some people call them coping mechanism i call them resources but could show up as survival resources ways to numb out that can be very disassociating for them later on so you talked about light bulb moments dealing with things like this. So what are some of the early light bulb moments you had in your own experience that like led you to like, oh, I really wish I could help other parents. I wish they knew this as well. Yeah. And I started out on kind of my own personal experience. Um, I'm very much into like natural options, reducing toxins, things like that. So when I started going into my own like depression and anxiety was showing up a lot, which honestly, I didn't even know that it was anxiety. I was just was like, oh, I'm starting to get depressed. And then the more I identified, I was like, oh, I actually have a lot more anxiety than depression than I thought. And so really that thing of like resources, like, oh, wait, there's things that I can do to help calm me down was kind of one of those light bulb moments. And sometimes I was doing them. And sometimes I was going more for the survival resources of like, it was a really rough day. I guess I'll have one more glass of wine or, you know, without going to the extreme. Um, so that was one thing is like, oh, these are resources that I can do 
to help me get back into like my sweet spot of my emotions. And then the other thing was the window of tolerance, which was created by Dan Siegel. He's a clinical professor. He has lots of great videos that he will uh, by far do a better job explaining than I am. But as a brief little uh, like overview, when we're in our window of tolerance or a sweet spot of emotions, like we can thrive. That's where we're communicating great. We're emotionally sound. Like everything is pretty good. Now, of course, during the day, we could go up and down a little bit. Maybe your coworker drank the last bit of coffee or your kid, you know, forgot their lunch at home, whatever it is. Um, but what we really want to start doing is start identifying when we're starting to get into the extreme. So when we're starting to get in our fight or flight mode, or we're starting to go down and get in our freeze mode. And that was really just revolutionary, I guess, for me, because as I started tuning into my body and start thinking about like, how is my body feeling right now? What kind of movements or lack of movements does my body want to make? How are my thoughts coming in? Are they super fast or are they like so slow that I can't even really comprehend right now? You know, how are my other senses like my hearing and my smell? How are those being effective when are getting into these like kind of high or low activation points? And again, leaning in and kind of tuning in to be able to identify them before they got to the extreme was the other thing that was extremely helpful. Mm, it sounds like a lot about mindfulness too and, and self-awareness. Um, yeah. But so how do you, so how do you catch yourself? Like what techniques do you do? Is it just, just awareness or how do you? get to that point where you go, uh oh, I'm getting off, off chart here. It takes practice. I will say that. Um, so a lot of practice because again, a lot of times we are told not to feel a certain way. And so we want to shove it down because it's uncomfortable. If you've ever had to like sit in your feelings, oh, it's exhausting. It's uncomfortable. You just want to be like, nope, everything's fine. Probably like that nine-year-old did of like, nope, I don't want to deal with it. I'm good. I got this. Like, I'm just not going to worry about it. And so really having to sit in those feelings takes a while and it takes practice and repetition. And one suggestion that I would really give people is like, even like make little notes, like start tracking kind of like what people or situations are starting to get me into these. And so being able to be okay with those uncomfortable feelings is the first thing. And then really understanding like there's going to be different resources for every single person. Like it's not a one size fits all kind of thing. And you just need to try things that maybe it don't work for you, but they work for me. So for example, in Minnesota, for example, a technique that you could do when you're starting to feel like you're going into your fight or flight mode in Minnesota, it hasn't turned cold yet. It's going to very, very soon. So even if it's snowing outside, a great thing to do is just step outside because that's going to jolt your nervous system back and it's going to make you into the present. And so like simple little things like that can make a huge impact. That's, that's great. Now you, you, you talk about working with kids and helping kids identify emotions. So it's, it sounds like it starts with you and your awareness. Do you teach your kids that same technique? I do. Um, I do. I actually have a free download for your listeners on my website if they want to go grab that up. But one day, really how this came about is, um, gosh, it was a while ago, but my daughter came home. I have eight-year-old twins. And so emotions can get high around here sometimes. And she wanted something and I told her, well, you have to go do A, B, and C before we do that or something like that. And she did not take that well. So the way that she knew how to express that was to get under the table. It was to cry, kind of throw a fit. And I was trying to finish up some work. So I was starting to get like really like anxious of like, I just need to finish this kind of attitude. 
And so what I did is I took a pause for myself. I call it mommy minutes. So I say, mom has to go take some mommy minutes to calm down. Um, and what I did is I went and printed off these sheets. So there's four different sheets. There's I'm an angry, I'm sad, I'm way too excited, and um, I'm scared. And what we did is we printed them off and we sat around the table as a family and we came up with ideas of, hey, when I'm feeling this way, what are some things we can do to calm our bodies and mind? So we really do it as kind of like a family discussion. Um, thankfully, my spouse is very much on board with it. It was funny because he came home yesterday and he had an incident with a vendor at work um, that was not great. And he was telling me how he handled it. And he was just like, you know, telling the guy like, do you need to go step outside for a few minutes and cool down? Like, do you want to talk about something? And I was like, it's like you're parenting our kid right now. He's like, that's what I felt like. So the more that you can get the family involved, the better. And then what we did with those sheets is we actually hung them up in our pantry. So our kids knew exactly where to go. Like, hey, you're getting really angry right now. Let's go look at the resource sheet to see something that we could do. And sometimes they'll go and add stuff to it. And so it does work all the time. No, sometimes they're so out of their window of tolerance that they just, they can't handle it. But again, if we have these conversations at a younger age of like, how are you feeling? How did that make you feel? And validating, like, I understand that you're sad about that. Even if it's over a different color cup, like they could be like, I want the blue cup, but she got the blue cup, you know, to them, that is their whole world at a young age. Even though we're like, we have many other things to worry about than a blue cup. Like to them, that is their whole world. So really validating and being open with that conversation of emotions. What about like sibling rivalry there? I always see this with, with the nieces and nephews. One grabs a cup, a color cup, just like you said, and they're just angry and they're just going back and forth. And the mommy is maybe needing a minute. What what's what are some of the things that would be on that pantry for I am angry, I'm angry at my brother or sister? Like what, what yeah. kind of things can they do? Yeah. So first of all, I would always say like, it definitely, you know, again, over a blue cup, you might be like, this is the most ridiculous thing. I'm not spending a bunch of time on this, but you could say, you know, why, you know, how are you feeling about this? Did you try communicate with them? Did you try use your words? And it might be like, well, we are just not going to have the blue cup today and we're going to pick a different one. And, oh, you're still angry. Let's go look. So um, I think a great one is screaming into a pillow. Like, it doesn't mean that you have to just sit there quietly and meditate, like get the expression out. Like um, for adults, even right now, they have a lot of those rooms, like those break rooms or something um, that they're called that they're developing where you just go and go get your aggression out. So as long as you're not harming yourself, other people or property that's not supposed to be harmed, like get the emotion out. Um, they could do a breathing exercise, which are very effective to calm down our nervous system. They could smell essential oils because essential oils work with the part of our brain that deals with moods and emotions. So that's why they like aromatherapy works so well to help calming. Um, they could push against a wall. They could just need to go take a time out, do a puzzle, draw a picture. I mean, there's so many different things that they could do. But again, as parents, we need to kind of guide them into that so that they understand these are things they can do versus just getting angry and maybe taking it out on their sibling. Oh, that that is great. I can, I can think of some situations right now where <laughs> I wish I could have just said, to the mommy because that's you know is that uncle you, you you can't really get involved right you're just there you know you can't really step in and you you know you you have to be like the kind of the peacemaker or whatever so yeah. now i can i can say and it work, does it work for dads too can dads take a daddy minute 
Yes. Yes, you can. I'm home more since I work from home with my kids, especially during the summer. Mommy minutes get used a lot, but yes, daddy minutes can be used as well. So it's a family affair. So it really is getting everybody involved in tracking. So you started at a young age, it sounds like as you start getting up and as an adult, man, your tools will be a lot greater. So you had to learn this more as an adult. Yeah. And yeah. It, did that kind of trigger you like, God, I wish I would have started young. I wish I would have, my parents would have showed me this. Is that what kind of started on your journey to really helping parents? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was in my early 30s when I started doing this stuff um, and spending a lot of money on therapy <laughs> and spending a lot of time on therapy. And again, it was these simple little things that I'm like, oh my gosh, why don't we know it? Especially after coming out of the pandemic is when I was really starting this stuff and or I guess in 2020. So, I mean, I was just like this this is common knowledge, but it's not common knowledge. Like you don't have to go to get a degree to learn how to use resources, but nobody's teaching these types of things. And so I think it is really important to try start at a young age. If your kids are a teenager, it doesn't mean that they're hopeless, that they have to spend their money in therapy, you know, and we make jokes all the time about our house too, like, cause we're very open about emotions and we probably talk about them a little bit too much sometimes and where my kids are just going to be like, mom, I'm done. But we're like, well, you, you're going to have to talk about something in therapy, you know, when you're in your 20s. So just remember all the bad things that I did. Um, but I think doing it as a family, the younger, the better. However, it can still happen when they're older. And that's something that on my podcast gets talked about a lot is just the communication with kids, is that parents are really striving to have good communication with their kids. And unfortunately, they're not modeling it at a young enough age where their teenagers want to come to them and tell about their problems. Um, now, of course, too, the other thing that parents say is that, hey, sometimes my spouse does, it's not on board, or we have a co-parenting kind of situation. And with that, I mean, you can only do what you can do. You can try practice it as much. Hopefully your spouse or partner or co-parent is on board at some point. Um, but that probably means that they have to work through a lot of their own stuff because they don't have the tools in their toolbox. So if we can start at a young age, building up those tools, the toolbox is going to be pretty well um, full by the time they get into their teens and 20s and and so on. Well, you've given us a lot to, to work with today. I just, it's such a simple thing to take that minute. It just, that struck me so much in our conversation. Okay. So here's a challenge for, for us, for every, all the listeners today, you get triggered, something's going on. Take one minute. Just if you one time today, just say, I'm going to take a minute for myself. See if you can implement Angie's awesome strategies right away. <laughs> that would be great. Awesome. Um, and, and just remind us again. So you can, you have a, a download so that can print something out today and, and start using your tips too as well. Absolutely. Yep. If you go to the parenttoolbox.info um, on there, you'll see my three steps to calm the emotional chaos in your home and in there have the free downloads that you can print off and start doing with your family. Awesome. Awesome. And, and shout out to my siblings and my four awesome uh, nephews and nieces. Uh, I didn't talk about you too much, but maybe I, I referenced you a little bit. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy. Happy.